0: If you brought your Bible this evening, would you turn, please, to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, the ushers have extras. Be glad to let you use one of ours if you raise your hand real high. And uh, turn to 1 Corinthians, 12th chapter, please. Everybody glad to be in church tonight? 1 Corinthians 12 and 12. Says for as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? What's the answer to that question? No, it's still of the body. Why would the uh, foot say that? Now, he's not just talking about your physical body, is he? What's he talking about? He's talking about the body of Christ. Are you a member in the body of Christ? I'm a member in the body of Christ. You are a body part. Maybe it would relate to part of the foot or part of the shoulder. or I don't know. But why would the foot say, because I'm not a hand. I'm not of the body. The foot then is failing to appreciate what it is. And it is looking longingly, comparing itself to another body part. Wanting to be that and deciding if I'm not that, I'm not anything. Hmm. This must be a real problem in the body of Christ. We must stop this comparison. And we must stop this self-abasement as far as running ourselves down. And considering yourself to be of little significance or no importance because that leaves the door open for you to not value what God has done and made in your life. And, uh, you know, Paul said, I magnify my office. That's not him glorifying himself, he didn't call himself, he didn't anoint himself. A lot of folks don't realize they're they're going, oh, I'm nothing, and that's nothing, and what I do is nothing. They don't realize they just call the work of God nothing. It got nothing to do with being humble. Certainly, without Him, you and I are nothing. But thank God we're not without Him. And what He puts in us is not nothing. We didn't put it in there. He put it in there. So when it's able to manifest and makes a difference, you and I don't need to act like it's nothing because we didn't do it. We had a part in it, but it was something he did. Remember, Jesus talked like that, didn't he? He said, the Father in me, he does the works. So there's a real problem in the body of Christ of folks not valuing what God has made them to be and what God has called them to be and what God has put in them. And looking at somebody else and comparing themselves with them and their call and place and longing for that. It's the classic case of uh, thinking the grass is greener on the other side. People do it all the time. And and it's very foolish. That's not just my word, I'm quoting scripture. It's foolish to do that. you got to realize you don't know what their life is like. People get these romantic notions about what it's like. You know, people of faith don't talk their challenges. They don't talk their problems. Even if the devil's able to get something over on them, they don't want to give him any free publicity. I'm not talking about lying and hiding and pretending. I'm talking about that. I'm just talking about you're not negative. And a lot of times it's no good to tell other people. A lot of times their faith is maxed as it is. (laughs) They're not going to get in faith with you. They're just going to despair and go, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's bad. Well, you don't need that. That ain't going to help you or them. So you just need to believe God and then get to victory and then tell them the testimony. (laughs) But if you are. A person of faith, and you live and operate that way, people who don't know you could watch you from afar and think, well, man, they never have any problems. Look how blessed they are. Never have any issues. Never have any challenges. Why can't I be like that? Why can't my life be like that? And look at them. Their husband is so wonderful. Their wife is so amazing. They got all the money. They're healthy. It's great. Why can't I be like that? Why can't I be a hand? Well, honey... Anywhere you go, there's going to be the devil, and your flesh is going to be there, and the curse, and mixed up and confused people. People get romantic ideas like, oh, I'm going to go to Africa and preach the gospel. I'm going to go to Asia. I'm going to go to China. Well, if God called you, but I'm telling you, you're going to have the same issues there that you're going to have here. The devil's the same. Flesh is the same. The curse is the same. People are the same. And it's going to take faith the same. Right. People get these romantic notions. They look at other people in their lives and see them from afar off and don't really know. But everybody has, you know, things that they're strong in and things that they're working on. And, and every body part, every ministry has its challenges and its rewards and uh, sweat that you don't see behind the scenes. Everything. I've had people travel with me before, and they say right off the bat after a day or so, man, this is not as romantic as I thought it would be. I mean, this is, brother, I mean, <laughs> I just soon sleep in my own bed and, 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 you know, preaching the gospel, it's, you know, you, you got your flesh, you got, you got to overcome anything that gets in your way everybody's job is very similar as far as having to put the flesh under and having to walk by faith and having to obey the Lord. And just understand whether you know it or not, anybody you see, any ministry you see has got its issues too. And the big thing is if you're not called to do that, then you're not graced to deal with those issues. Which brings us to the phrase we've said over and over. If you're out of your place. You're out of your grace. And you'll fall on your face. Why? Because you're not anointed and graced to deal with that set of issues. But you are graced to deal with your set of issues. And your call and your work and your ministry. Even though there are some. You're graced to overcome all of that. And to prosper and be fruitful. He said if the ear shall say. Because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Well, no, it is. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? It wouldn't have any. If the whole were hearing, where's the smelling? It wouldn't have any. But now has God set the members, every one of them in the body as it has pleased Him. Not you, not me. Not your mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, as it pleased, him. And you need to rejoice in his choice for you. Ladies, never say, I wish I'd been born a man. Men, never say. (laughs) See, why'd you laugh more on that than you did the other Never say I wish I'd been born a woman. Be what you are. Glory in being what you are. And whatever call, whatever ministry, whatever opportunities that you have. Do like Paul said, I magnify my office. Make a big deal out of it. Don't compare it with somebody, what somebody else has. That's not what you have. Be thankful for what you have. For what God's given you. Be thankful for it. Don't look wistfully or longingly at any other time. Oh, I wish I could have been born back in that day. Or I wish I could have been a part of that move or that revival. Oh, I wish I could. I wish I could. Stop it. All of that's bad. It's wrong. The Bible says, don't say, what is the cause that the former days are better than these? You don't inquire wisely. Ecclesiastes, said, more foolishness. no. Say, glory to God. I am in the right time. I'm in the right place. I'm around the right people. I'm getting the right input. Hallelujah. I have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I got to be all that I can be in Him. You believe that? And I need to get my eyes off of everybody else. Well, that's not what God gave me. That's not what God made me. You don't decide what you want to be. You discover what he's already chosen and appointed you to be. And then you dedicate yourself to do it. Be faithful to it. This... uh, Service that he has given us. I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. It's not just a place of prestige. It's a station of service. You believe this? Somebody say glory to God. God. And I'm I'm going to tell you this and then we'll talk more about this tonight. Your place and your graces. We've gone into great detail about how to find it. And how to fill it. We talked about how that what we've already referred to, the Bible says God has before determined where men are born and where they operate and when they're there. And so none of this is happenstance or chance or or accident. And that He is at work in us to will and to do of all His good pleasure. He's giving us desires. It'll pull us if we'll follow it. And there are things that it just seems like we're just naturally good at. Nah, it's a grace. Are you hearing me? And there are things that other people find hard to do and it just comes easy for you. That's not just because you're so amazing. (laughs) It's a grace. It has to do with your call. It's equipment to be what you're supposed to be. Did you hear me, friends? And we talked about locations and associations. I'm referring to teachings we camped on already for an hour plus at a time. How that it's not by accident of where you've been and who you've been around and who God has you connected to. This is an area where uh, so many people make mistakes in. They look at other leaders or teachers or what off in the distance, and then they say, "Oh, they're amazing." And they don't appreciate the ones God's put in their life. I know when I was at Ramah, the Lord sent Phyllis and I there, and I had the opportunity to teach in the Bible school. Well, I wanted to be thorough, and I hadn't had a lot of higher education, didn't have a doctorate of divinity or any of that, and so uh, I find myself in a teaching position to the students. And uh, so I studied, and I read, and I, you know, I... Got into the what you might consider the dry theological, (laughs) you know, the big books and the thesis. And and I was reading Dr. So-and-so's and and this and that and the other. And the Lord corrected me. He said, son, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me praying, preparing on some of the, the courses. He said, son, I have many good works, many good churches, many good ministries throughout the earth many fine men and women of God who are strong and have much revelation. He said, I could have sent you to any one of them I so chose. I sent you to this man's ministry. Get this. Emphasize this. That's revelation, isn't it? See, in our high-tech Broadband, search the internet, Google and get three million returns. <laughs> People are too scattered. Aren't they? They're too scattered. They're all over the place. They think that being thorough is somehow makes you more. No. There's a whole lot of stuff in the world. None of your business. Nothing to you. All it'll do is wear you out. Waste your resources. Hmm? Fog up your understanding. There are places and there are things God has sent you to, joined you to. You need to get that. See, a lot of people are reaching for other stuff and they ain't got that. Get that. Because that's what you need if you needed something else, he'd have you somewhere else, getting something else. <laughs> How many trust God, you have faith in God? Some say, I have faith in God, I have faith, what what? He's got me at the right place. He's got me with the right people, He's got me in the right. If I'll just listen and follow him, and I don't need you know, do you know what a midlife crisis is? I said, what's that got to do with this? Everything. A midlife crisis, what's happening with a midlife crisis is exactly what happens with your three-year-old when you tell them to go to bed. What can happen? Don't want to go. Why don't they want to go? I mean, they can barely hold their eyes open. No, no. They don't want to go to bed. Why don't they want to go to bed? They might miss something. And as the adult. Are they going to miss anything? Not watching some junk on TV? No. Is anything going on? No. No. They need their sleep. They're not going to miss anything. But they are upset because they don't realize that. They're yielding to some fear and unbelief. It's exactly what the person that's going through the so-called midlife crisis is, they're concerned, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe life's passing me by. Maybe I better try this. Maybe I better do this. Maybe that's how you can ruin your life. It's fear. It's unbelief. Hmm? Children of God are not to direct their life by maybe I'll try this. Spirit of God led children of God. So no, that's not us. We trust in God. We relax. We rest in Him. We say things like, I'm always at the right place at the right time. How? He leads me and I follow. He's leading me times I don't even know He's leading me because I asked Him to. And I endeavor to follow when I don't know why. And again and again, I wind up at the right place. And when I do, I don't go, whew, I'm amazing. I'm sharp. I got better sense than that. I say, thank you, Lord. You're so good to me. Look at here. Got me at the right place again. At the right time. But if you're all scared and frenetic, frustrated, unsettled, no peace, no joy, grabbing, rushing, Searching, looking, wearing yourself out. That's like the unsaved. That's not you. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, please. Ephesians 4. Actually, find 2 Peter 3 as well. I think you might get more out of it if we go 2 Peter first. Then we'll go to Ephesians 4. 2 Peter 3 and 18. Some of the greatest miracles that you'll ever experience or be around happen where you can't see them. They happen deep down inside people in their spirit in their heart and you might not even be aware of it at the time you might sit right beside them or be in front of them or behind them and they didn't jump shout run the aisle, or anything but something great happened down in them the word of god went down in them changed them and it might not be fully evident but they are on from that moment they're on another course you might not see it all the next day or the next week but The way they see things has changed. The decisions they will make have changed. That will put them on a different direction and cause them to wind up at a different destination. (laughs) And it happened when the word came in. And the light came up. (laughs) Things like that happen regularly in these services. And in services all over the globe like this verse 18 said but grow in grace somebody say grow 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 in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be glory both now and forever amen so that means you can grow doesn't it grow we're talking about uh graces and places Now, the concept we're going to be dealing with tonight, the truth, I should say, is that you don't begin in your ultimate grace. You don't start in your ultimate place. If you'll follow him, let me read it just the way he gave it to me, gave me a simple phrase today, but it's a. It's important. If you follow him, he will take you from faith to faith, and from grace to grace, and from place to place. I know that sounds simple, but don't. No, no, I left one out. I'm sorry, Lord. Faith to faith, and grace to grace, and measure to measure, and place to place. Now you've heard of faith to faith. That's a quote from Romans. But what does that mean, faith to faith? It means from faith to greater faith. Anybody in here ready to get excited tonight? (laughs) From faith, one level of faith, to a greater level of faith. And from one level of grace, to a greater level of grace. And from one measure of what? Anointing, revelation, light, power. From one measure to what? A greater measure. And from one place. To a greater place. And we're talking about here in this life. Say out loud. From faith, faith, from faith to faith. And from grace to grace. From, grace to grace. from measure to measure. From, measure, to measure. From, place to place. from place to place. And the. It's four and four. Or two and two. How you want to say it faith to faith and grace to grace go together and measure to measure and place to place go together it all goes together but god gives us the anointing the, the place that we have by his grace we operate in it by our faith the gifts are given By His grace. The gifts operate in our life by our faith. And that's not just my idea. That's quoting from Romans 12. Another way of saying it. You don't begin in your final place that God has called you to. You don't start in the full grace and gifting that he's called you to you start here and then you should take a step up and then you should take another step up and before your life is over or before he comes it's his will that you be in the ultimate place for you and in your ultimate grace somebody say ultimate place Ultimate grace. ultimate grace. Let me give you the definition of ultimate. One word for ultimate is last. The last. The furthest. Ultimate means the ending of a process or series. How I many you got the beginning of the process? And then you got the ending. What's the ending? Ultimate. Beginning, lowest, first, least, ultimate. Ultimate is right before you get out of here. (laughs) Supposed to be. And it is so sad that millions of Christians have no concept of what we're even talking about tonight. All they know is get saved and... uh, Try not to sin too much. Go to heaven when you die. No idea that God's got me on a path if I'll follow it. You know, we referred to the wealthy place a a moment ago, and the the word the Lord's given us about getting us into the, the best shape of our life, that's not just financially. Much, much more than financial. As he's had us on on Sunday mornings on fruitfulness. What would be the result of you and I coming to a greater place and greater grace? A greater measure. Well, man, we, we're going to have more of God than we've ever had. We're going to be making more of a difference. More fruit than we've ever had before. This is supposed to be happening. We're never supposed to go back or down. And we're not supposed to just stay where we are year to year. Say it out loud. Faith to faith. Grace to grace. Measure to measure, measure. place to place. place. Which direction is all this? Help me out. Up and forward. When people just kind of stymie and stagnate, stay where they are year after year, something's wrong. I said something's wrong. Or when people go back and go down. That's not the plan of God. No matter what people try to explain and say, it's not the plan of God. Tell me what the plan of God is. Faith to faith. Hmm? Grace to grace. Measure to measure. Place to place. The path of the just is like the shining light. It gets brighter and brighter, doesn't it? To the full day sun. That's the plan of God. Oh, I didn't say you weren't going to have any challenges. didn't say you weren't going to have any issues, any things to overcome. That's why you got the armor of God. That's why you got the greater one. That's why you got the name of Jesus, right? But you're supposed to overcome. And not just come over, but then come up. That's the design of the Lord. That everything the enemy tries to put you down with, he uses to put you up. And that is so frustrating to the devil. Because it was not designed by him to make you any better or help you up. It's supposed to take you down. But you wouldn't quit. And you wouldn't die with it. And you wouldn't lay down and be defeated with it. You just overcame and God stepped in and took what he meant for evil. And you came up. And he's going, no, no, no. And the psalmist said, God laughs and goes, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> They're mine. And no weapon formed against them can prosper. Their righteousness is of me. Hmm. <laughs> Said out loud, I only, go up. I only go up. I only go up. Faith to faith. How many know there's no way, no how, it's God's will for you to have less faith in 2010 than 2009? No way, no how, that's ever going to be the will of God. Or less grace? Or a smaller measure? No. Say it one more time, faith to faith, Faith faith. grace to grace, Grace grace. measure to measure, Measure measure. and place to place. Place place. (laughs) What's the ultimate place and ultimate grace? It's the last, it's the farthest, it's in the ending of a process or series, it is the highest, it is the greatest. You need to set your heart. You don't have to understand all this. You don't have to have all the whys and wherefores. You just need to set your heart. I'm going to run my race. I don't know how, but by the grace of God. I'm going to find my place. Find my grace. I'm going to run my race. I'm going to finish my course. By the grace of God. I will be all that I'm supposed to be before I leave here. I will do all that I'm supposed to do. Now the devil will come in and say, oh, you've blown it here and you've blown it there and it's too late. He's a liar. He don't know everything. Anybody been reading in Joel recently about what can God do? When the palmer worm, the caterpillar, canker worm, locusts have eat everything up. Tell me what God can do. Can God restore what's been lost? He can. It's amazing what God can do. So don't look behind. Have faith in the blood that it cleanses, that it washes. Set your heart afresh and anew. And say, so I don't know how, but by the grace of God, I will believe. I can be what I'm supposed to be. Somebody needs to say it out loud. I can still be. What I'm supposed to be. Supposed to be. I, can still do. I can still do. Now the devil told somebody right then. No you can't. He's a liar. Yeah. Did you hear me? That's right. He's a liar. The only way you will be held down and back. Is if you believe those lies. Because God is very gracious. I said he's very gracious. He is so merciful. If you'll receive it. Hmm. And I'm not just saying st- stuff that I'm trying to think up here. I'm telling you, I believe the Lord is speaking to you right now. Saying that you need to say. Out of your mouth. And you need to believe it with your heart. Say it out loud. I can be. I can be, what, I'm be. what I'm supposed to be. I can still, do, I can still do, what I'm to do. What I'm supposed to do. By the grace of God. By grace of God. And by my faith in Him. By my faith in Him. Yes. Yes. Don't believe lies. And there's, I'm telling you, you know, you might think, well, I'm, I'm 60 years old, I'm 70 years old. There are 13-year-olds saying the same thing. <laughs> I've messed everything up and I can't have my life. There are 10-year-olds saying it. And it's the same lie whether you're 70 or whether you're 7. Right. And it doesn't take into account how big God is. <laughs> And if you'll just really give your heart to Him and just turn everything else loose and say, Lord, here I am and I'm here 100%. He'll do it. He'll do it. You don't start in your ultimate place. You start with a measure. And that measure can grow. Ephesians 4, did you find that place? And 7. Ephesians 4, 7 says, but unto every one of us is given grace. Do you believe that? Yeah. So never say, I don't have anything. Yeah. That would be your words being styled against his. Let me give you some really, really, really good advice. Are you ready? Yeah. Don't argue with the Lord. Is it necessary to say that? Moses at the burning bush. Hmm? The Almighty is speaking to him. There's a bush on fire but not burning up. And he said, Moses, I've called you. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You're going to tell him this, you're going to do this. What does he say? <laughs> he, he argues with the Lord. He tells him, No, I can't go because I can't talk and I'm a wanted man over there and da 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 da. Dumb. <laughs> now, no need to point fingers because about everybody in here has done it some way, sometime, but it's still dumb. Really, really dumb. Let me go over this again real slow. Don't. Argue. With the Lord. Not even one time. Not even initially. As you're warming up in the discussion. (laughs) When he says something. Agree. Now. Immediately. (laughs) It'll take faith. I know it will. But. We should already know that. Hmm? When he says something to you, what are you supposed to do? Don't let your first response be argue. Let your response be, okay, thank you. Your head may be buzzing. How? How in the world? Wherefore, why, when, and who? I? Just smile and go, yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and then keep your mouth shut listen unto every one of us is given grace so do you have grace in you yes. are you called to be a very specific part in the body of Christ there's a place where you fit yes. have grace gifts been put in you are they there yes. if you were here with us what well, we looked at scripture after scripture after scripture here said the same thing this one is saying unto every one of us is given grace Somebody said out loud, I have grace in me. me. Specific graces, specific specific gifts gifts to enable me to be be what I'm supposed to be. be. Do you believe it? Never argue with the Lord about that. Never say, I don't have and I can't do. There's another verse that says, I can do Mm -hmm. all things through Christ. Mm -hmm. Who strengthens me. Never argue with him. Agree with him. I know this sounds basic. But this is such a deal. Smart people. Wise people. Agree with God. First off. And all the time. Are you smart? (laughs) Then when God says. I have made you. A rare and peculiar treasure you are a one of a kind and I have put you in the body as it has pleased me what do you say yes Yes, sir it's true I believe it thank you and I have put specialized gifts and graces in you to enable you to be what I have made you to be and I've put my spirit in you and my anointing on you and I've given you my mind the mind of Christ and you can do all things through me as I strengthen you. Yes. Tell me what you say. Tell me what you say. Yes, sir. You say yes sir. I believe it. Thank you. Thank you. you do not tell him how you feel. <laughs> and you don't need to tell him what you think. That's contrary to what he just said. Or what somebody else preached. That was contrary to what he just said. Simple. Don't argue. Agree. Accept it, believe it, and start saying it over yourself, like Abraham. Hmm? He's old. Sarah's old. Looks impossible, but when says God, when God says, "I have made you the father of many nations," they got off to a rough start first time around. Hmm, both of them did, but the second time around they learned not to argue, didn't they? And they just locked in with him. And so Abraham changed his name. Right. And any time somebody called him something else, like he said, No, nope, no, nope, my name is changed. I am the father of many nations. Right. And that's what that great passage in Romans 4 that talks about God calling those things that be not as though they were. And Abraham picked it up. Yes. That's another way of saying he didn't argue with God. Yes. He agreed with him. He said, Whatever you say is what I say. And that's really what the word confession means in the New Testament. It literally means in the Greek saying the same thing. If he says you're saved, what do you say? I'm saved. I'm saved. If he says you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you understand? Most of the body of Christ is arguing with him about that one thing right there. Oh, I'm not righteous, and, and I've done so bad, I've messed up so many times. That doesn't bless him. If he says you're healed, if he says all your needs are met, Huh? If he says you're more than a conqueror in him, that's what you are. (laughs) Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. According to what? The what? According to the measure of the gift. The same word is translated dispensation, a dispensing, and it has to do, also connected with it are the words measure, as you can see right here, which means portion, portion. All these words reveal that this is a variable quantity. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Now keep reading and it should become clearer. He says when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave what? He gave gifts unto men. What made them a gift? This measure of grace that he he created them with and put in them. Was a gift to them? And made them a gift to others. Both. It said. Verse 11. He gave some apostles. That's a gift. And some prophets. And some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. These are not titles. These are not prestigious positions. These are gifts. Religion has taken them. And turned them into something else. It's actually patterned after ungodly political systems. It was never meant to be that way. They're gifts. What are the gifts for? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying or for the building up of the body of Christ. What are the gifts for? Look at the end result of the gifts is edifying, building up now, this is with every one of us. every one of us is a body part. every one of us has gifts in us, every one of us, not just fivefold ministry gifts, every one of us, and what are these gifts for? The result of the operation of the gift in you in me. Whatever area it is, the result will be somebody getting built up. Somebody getting strengthened. Somebody getting helped. Somebody getting encouraged. Huh? Whether you're waving a flashlight in the parking lot, or whether you're changing a diaper, or whether you're preaching on a platform, it's the same result. Somebody got helped. Somebody got helped, somebody got built up, made stronger, relieved. (laughs) We are saved to serve. We are created to serve. We are gifted to serve. We are graced to serve. We are anointed to serve. Not ourselves. The most miserable life is living just for yourself. Millions are doing it. And it is the unhappiest, most dissatisfying, joyless hmm, existence you can have. We're not made for that. If you yield to your flesh. If you follow your, your desires. And, and live for yourself. You won't tap. The divine graces. That are in you. Because they are not put in you. To serve you. You won't get. In the divine grace flow. Until you are helping somebody else. You won't taste. The sweetness. The sweetness. Of spiritual satisfaction. The peace that passes understanding. The joy that makes your cup run over. Till somebody is helped. Through you. Oh glory to God. It's what you were made for. I mean Jesus is our master. He's our ultimate example. And he said I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to minister and to give my life a ransom for many. And that's what love does. The ultimate expression of love is giving. Giving everything. All different areas. If you're a child of God, your nature is giving. Because that's His nature. He delights in showing mercy. It's what He enjoys. Have you ever thought about what God enjoys? What pleases, what blesses him, what he enjoys. He enjoys showing mercy. That's his nature. That's who he is. That's what he is. And when his nature comes into a human being, they become like him. And that's what they enjoy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Keep reading. Verse 13, end of verse 12, says, For the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the what? The what? Measure of the stature of the what? Fullness. Sounds like ultimate, doesn't it? (laughs) Fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And I'll just say this here. There's a common theme that runs through this uh, craftiness and this winds of doctrine. And it has to do with that which appeals to you, making me something. Me having an amazing experience. Me having this. Me getting this. Me doing this. And that's the hook the enemy uses because he knows your flesh is that way. There are all kinds of people who have been hoodwinked by unscrupulous folks concerning their money. There's people come in to... hearing about a thing that happened a few years ago. I knew some of the details of it. These people went all over the country. 47 different states in churches and built people for millions upon millions of dollars. Quoting scriptures. Lost it all. Why? Why wouldn't people know by the Spirit of God this is wrong? Don't get involved in this. Because you got dollar signs in your eyes. And your main thing is me getting money. And when it's the Spirit of God, that ain't going to be the main thing. You all with me now? When it's Him, it's going to be how you can get to the place where you can help more people than you ever have before. He said, Speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint, every part and joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the what? In the what? In the measure portion of every part makes what? Increase of the body unto the edifying or building up and strengthening of itself in love. The call of God on every life in here, every life on the planet, is a call to edification, to becoming greater, to becoming stronger, not greater to live for yourself, greater. To help others more. Yes. Said out loud. I have, gifts in me. I have gifts in me. I have graces in my life. I have in my life. That, can help that can help people. Do you believe this? Yes. Now whether you've ever tapped into it. Or developed it to any appreciable degree. Is beside the point. Do you believe the Bible? Do you believe what he told you? It, like I said before. It's sad. Millions of church going people good people in many regards, but they have no concept of what we're talking about, that they should be even pursuing any of this or looking for it. And so they live their life and they don't develop like they should. But you know, that was weak. (laughs) You can't say I never heard anything like that. (laughs) You have heard. And it's a good thing. I said it's a good thing. Because we're coming up oh we can look back just a little bit and see the Lord has brought us up yeah. from last year a couple of years five years ago he's brought us up yeah, thank you, Lord. he's not done with us no. No. there are many people in this church that are producing spiritual fruit and you were producing no spiritual fruit a few years ago mm-hmm. and you are producing now thank you, Lord. Glory, glory to God and if he could get you from nothing to something you know what else he can do yeah. He can get you from something to something more. Yeah. And from something more to quite a bit more. Yeah. Do you believe it? Yeah. Said out loud faith to faith. faith, to faith. Grace, to grace. Grace, to grace. grace to grace. Measure to measure. To measure. And place to place. place to place. Back up to the third chapter. Thank you Father. And the second verse. He said, If you have heard, well, verse 1 goes with it For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. Again, dispensation, when, a lot of times when people hear that, they think time era. That doesn't mean that at all in many places in the Bible. It means dispensing. Like, Pez. <laughs> dispenser. our soap dispenser. What does that mean? Soap dispenser. On the wall. Most public bathrooms. You push that thing, and what happens? Whip. Squirts out some soap. Dispense. Well, God has dispensed something in you. And it wasn't so. It wasn't pay as candy. But something just as real and more real. We're not talking about imaginary stuff. This is real. I said this is real. I could not stand up here tonight and preach to you and have these thoughts and these words come to me and be able to get them out and be able to express them without grace. He's put that in me. He's put something in you. I said He's put something in you. And you don't need to look at me or anybody else and say, well, I wish I had that. No, don't you second guess God. What He's put in you is important. And you need to glory in that. And you need to find out what it is. And how to grow in it. And how to develop in it. And how to get good at it. Man, I know I have developed in the grace of speaking and ministering. Since 30 years ago. My first sermon I preached in a little church. Actually it was second or third. But it was a church I'd never been in before. And uh, I wrote my notes out. In longhand On a pad. And I was so concerned about losing my place. That I held my finger on them. And I knew I needed to get from behind the pulpit a little bit. So I just hold my finger right there. And step around the side. Try to say a thing or two and then step back, put my finger there, step around to that side. <laughs> how How is possible? I could have never developed in that grace. If I had not answered the call or pursued or st- how do you develop in something? There are athletes that are graced to run, to, to swim, to jump. But how I many know they never will reach the levels of Olympic competition unless they do what? they got to give themselves to it. they got to pursue it. At some point, these amazing athletes decided, I am this. I can do this. I've got this in me. And they went for it. Year after year. And in doing so, they gave themselves, they separated themselves to it. And eventually developed to an ultimate place. Didn't they? Others are doing that same thing on this level. But they're doing it here. And the devil's got. Many people. On the planet convinced. That they are nothing. And they have nothing. It's a lie. I said it's a lie. Millions of people on this planet. Desperation. Thinking I. I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to give. Because they've never identified their graces and gifts and they've never developed in it. And now year after year after year goes by and they're frustrated and they feel like, I just feel like there's more. You know how you feel like there's more? Because there's more. (laughs) It's simple. And when you begin to find what God's called you to and led you to, oh man, it satisfies your heart. You think, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you keep pursuing it and you keep staying with it. And you develop. And you go from faith to faith. And grace to grace. And the measure gets bigger. Come on now. The measure of revelation. The measure of anointing. The measure of light. The measure of opportunity. The doors get bigger. Come on now. Platforms get bigger. The reach gets farther. And you're supposed to keep going until you get to the ultimate place of what God called you to be and what God put in you and called you to do. And so that your next step is out of this earth. <laughs> and the next thing you after that is well done, good and faithful servant. <laughs> You were faithful in a few things I gave you there on the there I got something else for you now Thank you. enter into the joy of the Lord who be ruler over much I'm not quite done can y'all take some more I know we've been going a while but i I've, I've never taught this just exactly like this and you we're just using our faith and you're helping me aren't you I mean you, to get this out because we're not the only ones that need to know about this Thanks be unto God. He's called us. He's graced us. He's gifted us. We believe it. We've received it. And we pursue it. Do you say amen? Amen. This dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you word. Go with me to Numbers please. The 18th chapter. There is in ministry planning anointing and watering anointing. And the reason some things seem weightier than others is because it's planning anointing. Watering is when you've already heard it. So there's already a reference. But planning. Is when you hadn't heard it at all before. So you're breaking new ground. In your hearts and minds. Maybe somebody else has heard it. But you hadn't heard it. So. Uh, and it's so much easier for the enemy. If you've never heard it before. He can keep you in the dark. He can keep you confused. And so he does everything he can. To keep you in the dark. As we were talking a few moments ago about this great miracles that happen inside people. When the light comes. I said, when the light comes. And your mind is opened up. And your eyes are open. And it comes into your heart, light shines. If you'll embrace that and receive that, that's something that can never be taken away from you. Not just in this life, but in the next. It's the eternal Word of God that can never fail it makes you into something different as you behold like in a mirror the glory of the lord what happens to you you're changed into that same image how does it happen from glory to glory hallelujah that is what fits after place to place <laughs> somebody say glory to, glory to God glory to God numbers did you find your place numbers 18 this is something that ministers to me has for years concerning our call and place belongs to you just as much as any, any preacher anywhere uh Numbers 18 and 6, the Lord was talking to the priests and the Levites. Do you know what the priests are? The priests were the ones that brought the sacrifices. They handled, it'd be like handling the, the money today, the offerings, and they uh, represented. God to the people. And they also taught. The priests preached and taught. They'd be like our pastors and evangelists. And speaking ministries today. A type of them. But do you know what the Levites are? Hmm? What are the Levites? Were they ministers too? You better believe it. They were just as called and chosen. As the sons of Aaron the priest. But what did the Levites do? They didn't preach. As a normal thing. What did they do? They helped pack and unpack. Didn't they? And set up. And tear down. Are y'all listening? These ministries have not been valued enough. In the eyes of the leadership or of the ones doing them. And it's costing people. There were comparably small percentage ratio of priests to Levites. In other words, for every two or three priests, there were a bunch of Levites. Are you all with me? And that's all typical of today. How many know for every four or five preachers you see... If ministry is really being accomplished, there's hundreds of people behind them and thousands of people that are setting up and tearing down and cleaning and cutting and preparing, fixing. And then tearing down and setting back up again. This is no small ministry. The Levites were handpicked of God and they were chosen of God and they were anointed of God. To do what? Help me out. To do what? Help. Set up. Yeah. Tear down. Pack up. Yeah. Unpack. Yes. Clean. Yes. Say ministry. ministry. That's ministry. Just myself personally. I know you see me standing up here preaching, but I've spent far more hours packing and unpacking and traveling. Are you listening? And loading and unloading and getting there and getting back. Far more hours than you hear me talking. And oh, thank God for all the people that assist us to do this. Or you could not accomplish a fraction. Do you value your ministry? So all of us are called to be the priests of the Lord. Right? All of us. Or a holy nation. And we're operating in that priest type ministry. Or Levitical type ministry. Whether it's a speaking or leadership. Or whether it's helps. But the helps is to be magnified. Whatever your call is. You're not to take it lightly. This is your ministry. It's what you're called to be. It's what you're called to do. And you don't need to look at somebody else and say, well, I want to preach. That's the foot saying, I want to be a hand. Right, right. That's right. And not valuing what a foot is. And how necessary a foot is. In this passage, there's revelation to see the glory and the weight of what we're talking about. In Numbers eighteen and six The Lord said he had given the priests as a gift to the people, and he's given now the Levites as a gift to the priests and to the people. eighteen six He said, Behold, I have taken your brethren the Levites from among the children of Israel. To you they are given as a gift somebody say gift. A gift for the Lord to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation to do what service that's why all our teams around here are called service teams i didn't pick that word lightly service teams cuz you might do different things but everybody is doing that i am doing that everybody is doing what am i doing right now i'm endeavoring to serve you some revelation Serve you some spirit food and some vision. But you have a place of service. Oh, can you hear the Spirit of God in here tonight? Every man, every woman, every young person in this church and in the body of Christ everywhere all over the world has a place to serve. How many are doing it? It hurts your heart. It makes me ache when I think about it because these people's years are clicking by and they're not going to have reward. And things are not being done. And you got a handful of people that are overworked doing their job and five other jobs because these people are not in their place. And it hurts the whole church. And it hurts the whole body of Christ. Come on, imagine this with me for just a moment. Imagine, imagine if every born-again believer on the planet would come and quit being carnal and get in the church where God told them to get in and be there every time the door is open and be faithful and give of their money and tithes like God told them to do and pray like God told them to do And become a part of a team. And reach out to the church believers in the community. Like God told them. What would happen on the planet? What would happen? What would happen? Oh the money. The money. And the people. And the projects. It would just. It would come up. And be done. It would come up. And be done. Giant project would come up. And 10 million people would raise their hand. Pick me. The people and the resources and the money and the stuff. It would be done. It'd be done. It'd be done. It'd be done. done. We'd hear a loud sound. It'd be Jesus. Because it'd be done. It'd be done. But the devil has lied. And people have believed those lies. And millions of born-again believers are doing nothing at all. Nothing. They wouldn't even go to church. Much less serve. It's not for us to judge. But somebody say, not me. That wasn't everybody. (laughs) Life is clicking by, friend. Somebody say, not me. me. Do you mean it? Remember, what's the most miserable life you can have? Living just for yourself. I'm telling you. You can do some things and you can add some stuff to yourself, but you won't enjoy it. And you won't hold on to it. What's the joy life? The Lord talked about our joy being full. You might know what that was? That was following His commandments. It's God using you. God, oh listen, God making you, yes, you, an answer to somebody's prayer. Ain't nothing better on the planet. Are you listening to me? They prayed, they bleed God, they stood, they made their confessions, and they look up and there you are. Come on now, there you are with the answer. God has put the words in your heart. He's put the light or direction in your mind. He's put the money or the stuff in your hands. Come on, are you listening? And you become the hand of the Lord. You become the mouth of the Lord. He speaks through you. He touches through you. He meets the need through you. He comforts and encourages and edifies through you. I'm telling you, if you hadn't tasted that, you don't know what life is. Because when you do, you'll go, mmm, give me some more. Use me again. <laughs> Use me again. And you become like those guys the Bible said they had addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. they couldn't go very long they had to get their fix (laughs) what is their fix somebody needs something god i know somebody needs something somewhere use me please (laughs) minister to them through me because oh it does something no drug no alcohol no car no possession no sex are you listening to me can touch it's what you were called to be it's deep Answering to the deep. It's the created contacting the creator. And vice versa. Said out loud, I was saved to serve. Keep reading verse 7 of that Numbers 18. He said, therefore, you and your sons with you shall keep. Your priest's office for everything of the altar and within the veil, and you shall serve. That's all typical for today's ministry. That's a type and shadow. We now have the real thing. I have given your priest's office to you as a service of gift. And the stranger that comes nigh shall be put to death. In other words, nobody else is supposed to get in the place that you're not called to. Our service is the gift of God to us. And it's the gift of God to the people that benefit from it through us. This is elaborating on Ephesians 4. When he ascended up on high, he gave gifts. He gave gifts to men. What is our gift? Here's that S word again. Your gift is what? Service of gift. What does it mean? The service of gift or the gift of service. Somebody say I'm gifted. I'm graced. I'm called. I'm gifted. What does this gift enable you? Service. Service. Enable you to accomplish service. Edifying service. Stand on your feet everybody. Begin to praise the Lord. And thank him for honoring you. In recent times I I have become just more and more and more thankful. I left a conference not many weeks ago and I was just saying God. Thank you for using me. You see people get answers, and you see people get free, and you see people get loose and healed. And you know, you didn't do it, but you know God used you. You're involved in the service of it being administered. You are a part. How many know everybody that served has a part in this service tonight? Everybody that gave so that this building can be here. Everybody that gave so the lights can be on. Are you listening? And you're not so cold that you can't pay attention? Somebody say, well, I was. Well, you should have been outside. (laughs) There is a difference. (laughs) How many know they have a part? They helped serve the Word. It's going through the cameras. It's going over the Internet. People are downloaded in China tomorrow. Yeah. Are you listening? Yeah. You, Glory to God. Somebody say, Glory to God. Glory say it again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Do you count it an honor that the Lord has gifted you a service that you can have a part of what He's doing in the earth? We need to praise Him some. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, we worship you for the gift of service. We count it the greatest honor. We count it the greatest privilege. That we don't have to live a useless, self-centered, nothing life. But that we can be of value to our brothers and sisters. We can be a help. We can be a strength. Everybody said out loud. Here am I Lord. Send me. Here am I Lord. Use me. My eyes. My ears. Speak through my mouth. Touch through my hands. hands. Minister Minister. through me. me. Make me me of service service to to your people. I thank you for doing it. You've called me to it. You've put anointing in me. And grace in me. I thank you for bringing me up. To another level. To another measure.